Thank God for Storyside Kids. I love hearing everything that's happening with our kids' ministry. Pastor Desiree, Anna, the entire team. Uh, there are so many people that put hours and hours and hours into our kids and students. And I thank God for every one of them. I'm glad you're here today. Uh, great time of worship. And just that ministry moment and singing about the goodness of God and the blessing of God. You glad to be in God's house today? You glad to be here? I want to welcome all those joining us online. A few names that jumped out to me. Marquita. I love you, Marquita. Hope all is well with you and your family. Marquita is one of the ones that's been with us really from the start. I was thinking last service that Bryce down here, the first time I met Bryce, almost 19 years ago, our church is coming up on 19 years old, but Bryce and his wife, Sarah, was walking down the sidewalk coming into Park Place Hotel basement. We rented the basement for $600 a week uh, and would set up, tear down that area in the basement of the hotel. Bryce and Sarah was walking down the sidewalk and they were carrying a little baby that was two months old. Now she's 19 and our classroom that we crammed all the kids in this all glass wall room that smelled so bad and Bryce and his wife work at the hospital and value cleanliness and I'm like they're not gonna stay they're not gonna stay and they stayed and they stayed thank God um, but I I was just thinking about I was just thinking about the journey of of the almost 19 years last service uh, and Marquita I know you've been with us for a lot of the journey and I love you too. I, I'm just so great. I saw the Elias earlier, but all of those people that have stuck with us through all the moves uh, from the Park Place Hotel to Mansfield Christian to the gymnasium to the chapel uh, to downtown in the square. We looked at 30-some buildings, about 10 acres in Ontario at one point, and then we settled here. Uh, and just so thankful for people like you, Marquette. I'm glad you're online. Matt and Sandra Nye is online, praying, Matt, that you feel better. I know you've not been feeling the greatest. Uh, Matt also let me borrow his Roethlisberger jersey uh, that I'm wearing tonight for our ugly sweater Christmas party. Um, and so thank you, Matt, uh, for, for letting me do that. Uh, Angie Snyder, Susanna Pounds, uh, Phil and Barb Hubler. Uh, my dad and I and my daughter Jalen had communion with Phil and Barb the other day at their home. Uh, we love you, Hublers. Uh, Sherry Anderson, praying for you. Sherry uh, sent your message the other day for prayer. We're praying for you and your family. The Barr family, I woke up this morning thinking about you guys, so it was great to see you online. Jessica Atwell, I got a message from your husband last night. I uh, was telling him that I loved your family. I will tell you now that I love your family. So we love the Atwells. Uh, there's a lot of people online today, but sorry, Sai, would you welcome all of our online family? Let them know how great it is to have them today. I want us to pray. We're going to talk about gifts. Everyone say gifts. Yes. We're going to talk about gifts today. Over the next few weekends, we're going to talk about gifts. And uh, just want to pray that our hearts will be open and our minds will be ready and that we'll just lean into what God wants to give us today out of his word. So let's pray together. God, I thank you for this day and I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of people I've had numerous people already just sharing with me what you have already done just in our nine o'clock service and how it's helped them. Numerous messages, and I believe you're gonna help people now in this 1045 service. I pray for all the churches in our area. When I was pulling out of my driveway today, I saw several cars pulling into Impact Church and 
just immediately felt to pray for them, and I did come down to Spade Road and prayed there for the Baptist Church. And then I began to call the Church of Christ and the Baptist Church and churches here in, in our area. And that spilled over into praying for Crossroads and, and Mosaic and Abundant Life and Journey Church with Pastor Philippi. Just so many names were coming to mind. I know that this month, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that will invite family and friends to church. And some people may come that haven't come all year. And I pray that when they sit in churches and gatherings around this nation, I pray that when they hear about Jesus and they sense your spirit, that there's going to be life change that will take place this month. And so we pray blessings on every church, on every gathering. Let the church of God, let the kingdom of God move forward this month. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone said amen. I looked at our Christmas series, and I take the series very serious. They say a lot of people come Easter and Christmas, and I, I try to value every weekend. Christmas and Easter, I, I'm always praying, God, just give me something specific. Give me something that you want to speak to people over, over, over these special seasons that we have. And, and I settled on gifts, gifts. And I have four weekends that we will be sharing, and I honestly felt like I was flooded with about 100 ideas. There's a lot of things in Scripture about gifts. And, and so I began to write down, I began to look at, analyze, study all these different gifts, and, and I've settled on just a couple of them. But I, I'm really excited about sharing with you this month as we talk about gifts. Speaking of, of gifts, I heard about the husband that walked into Macy's, and, and let me even just ask this, how many of you are early shoppers? Like you're months before Christmas, you're already getting presents together. Uh, I know a few of you do. I've had people tell me before that Christmas ends and you're out like the next day buying your bags, your wrapping paper, you're already getting ready. And then there's other people, <laughs> there's other people that wait like, right till the end. How many, where's my like last minute 11th hour shot? Well, we got more of those in this service. Uh, the ladies, story side ladies, are, they're going shopping uh, tomorrow, meeting, dinner, and coffee, and shopping. The men are going a week from tomorrow. And again, some people shop early, some, pe some people shop late. This particular man uh, he's a last-minute shopper, walks into Macy's, and he asked the sales lady if she has any gift ideas. He's looking for something, Zach, for his wife, and he said, do you have any gift ideas? And the sales lady tells the man, how about some jewelry? And she showed him a, a necklace, and she, she said, this is $500. And the husband was like, that's, that's way too expensive. The young lady said, well, what about a nice watch? What about a nice watch? We have a really nice watch for $250. The man responded, that's, that's still too much. And she said, well, how about some perfume for $100? And he said, honestly, I'd, I'd like to see something. I'd like to see something really cheap. So the sales lady handed him a mirror. <laughs>
when you look at gifts, you know, some, some gifts... Some gifts are more generalized gifts. You know, if, if you're going to a party or a gathering, you're like, I'm not even really sure what to take. If there's gift exchanges and stuff. You know, sometimes, sometimes there can be gifts that are more generalized, like chocolates. How many of you like chocolates? Just by a show of hands, where's my chocolate lovers at? All right, Ted, come on up here. I saw you raise your hand. Let me give you a gift, Ted. I have some chocolates for you. Let's hear it for all of our chocolate lovers. Merry Christmas, Ted. Huh? <laughs> no, it's not empty. Is it empty? That 9 o'clock crowd always eating up our gifts, ruining it for 1045. Uh, you know, you have, growing up, I always knew what I was getting from my nanny. She has since passed out my mom's mom. But my nanny would give us pretty much the same thing every single year. I loved my nanny. You know, the memories is what I loved the most. She had this old table and four chairs, and she'd always make homemade, homemade bread when we would come over, and she would let us make a tent with the chairs and the table. And then we would all get a box for our Christmas, and in the box she would make us homemade mittens. I don't know if you've ever had some, some mittens that were homemade. They were awesome. But we always could count on uh, my, my nanny uh, making us homemade mittens. And then she would give us $20. And I don't want to tell you where she kept it. Uh, she shouldn't have kept it there. But uh, she, she would give us $20. And then we would, we, would always get, we would always get this gift. And that is all of us would get. Some socks. Some socks. How many of you ever, you got some socks for Christmas? Uh, where's, my, uh, where's my size 6 to 12 people? What size are you? Are you 6 to 12? All right. Merry Christmas. The, um, that was left-handed, too. You like that? Uh, but but there's, all kinds of, there's all kinds of gifts that you can get for Christmas. Where, 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 are my, where are my people at that you buy your own gifts? Where's my people that you buy your own gifts? I, w I was actually with a pastor uh, friend of mine and his wife this week, and, and I hate to say names and, and embarrass Pastor Lonnie and Tracy Keene, but <laughs> they've preached our marriage retreat and stuff. Angel and I was with them this week, and she bought herself a very nice purse. Pastor Lonnie and I was not even in the store. She just comes out and tells us, and it's one of those like Merry Christmas to me. Uh, how many people do that? You're like a Merry Christmas to me person. That, that's what she did this week, a Merry Christmas to me. There are a lot of things, there are a lot of things that, that maybe you could hope for or ask for for Christmas. Angel always asks my four kids if they will make a list. It gets tougher with my girls as they get older, but, but Angel will say, will you make a list? And we can look at the list and pick out a few things. Speaking of lists, I heard the joke about little Johnny. <laughs> little Johnny approached Santa in the middle of the mall, and he had a long list of requests. He wanted a new high-powered go-kart, new snow skis, and he wanted the newest PlayStation. He had a whole bunch of video games on the list. He wanted a new iPhone, and, and he wanted some new shoes. Santa said, whoa, that's a, that's a pretty long list. 
I'm going to have to check little Johnny and see if you've been a good boy. Little Johnny said quickly, no, no, you don't have to check. I'll just take the shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask you today not so much about what are the gifts on your list or what are the gifts in your life, chocolate and socks and purses and and shoes. I want to ask you today, in in the next 20 or 30 minutes, I want you to think about this. Who? Who are the gifts in your life? Who are the gifts in your life? Specifically, I want to talk about the gift of family, or if you would, the gift of children. The gift of children. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Behold, children are a heritage and a gift. Everyone say a gift. They're a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. The Jewish Bible says this, children too are a gift from Adonai. Today, whether you're a parent or a grandparent, an uncle, an aunt, whether or not you're a godparent, a single parent, You know, a lot of times even coaches and counselors, I've read studies where the hours that you spend with children rival even some of those people I've mentioned. I'm asking that you would lean in as we talk about who are the gifts in your life. And at this time, I would like to introduce you to some of the gifts we have here at StorySide. If you would, would you welcome some of the gifts that we have? You can cheer for them, you can wave at them. But would you welcome them today? These are gifts. Hello, gifts. Good to see you. Gifts. I like the hat. Love you, Isley. Good to see you. Love the hat. We got gifts here. They keep coming. I know you. How are you? Merry Christmas gifts. Go Bucks! More and more gifts. Love you, Taylor. Farina. Look right here. That's a great gift. All right, Story Side, we got some more gifts in our parade. It's our Sunday morning Christmas parade. I know you. We got a whole wagon of gifts. Hello, gifts. Hi. 
Hi. We got some middle school gifts coming, all of our middle schoolers. Hello, gifts. I know you. Our Champions Club. These are amazing gifts. One more time, would you let all of our gifts know how much you love them? Our nine o'clock service. The circle just kept going and going and going. Here at 1045, we just student, child, and they're all gifts. They're all gifts. And if I was to ask you out of those nine and 1045, hundreds of kids and students to name all their names, Jen, name all their names. A lot of us wouldn't be able to name every single name that just went through. I want you to understand something in our time together today. When you pray for our kids, when you pray for our students, when that bucket passes, when you give to internship, when you give to summer camp, when you get every single one of those children that walk through today, they're gifts. They're gifts and they're gifts worth guarding and they're gifts worth investing in. When you look at children, Jesus blesses children. If you look in scripture, you'll see that God compliments children. He, he draws a lot of comparisons with children. He'll say things like, unless you become like a child, he'll draw comparisons to their faith. Jesus sees something special in children when he says, suffer the children to come to me. When you look at the psalmist, the psalmist will tell us in varying psalms that God notices our care for children. God notices our care for children. Hudson, that started the whole Now campaign probably two years ago now, but Hudson brought his piggy bank and we, we made these not first and then Hudson, Hudson was first. Hudson was like, I want to give my piggy bank to StorySide for kids ministry. And then it birthed this entire Now campaign where Hudson brought a second piggy bank. And today, without even knowing my message, brought me a third <laughs> piggy bank. I just got this today, a third piggy bank. And his dad was telling me how excited he was you know, to give me this third piggy bank to sow into the kids' ministry. When you look at children, Jesus arrived, we're celebrating the birth of Christ, Jesus arrived as an unborn baby. One of the first persons, arguably the first to recognize Jesus was an unborn baby. That's Luke 141. I think we could all agree that God loves the unborn. 
we believe scripturally that life originates in the womb. I want to pause on saying that because sometimes when you say that, there are a lot of people, and some of you I have talked to, you have met with me, and you've said, Pastor Micah, I've had an abortion. You know, one lady, Pastor Micah, I've had three abortions. Some, some of you have told me, I've never told anyone, Micah, you're the first one I've ever told. And I think sometimes when we talk about believing that life begins in the womb, it can come across almost as like a black and white, right and wrong thing, that for the person who looks back and says, I wish I could have, would have, should have, for that person, their heart can pound and they can begin to feel like, what a mess I made or a mistake. I'm not saying everyone feels it was regrets, but some of you have shared with me that you felt you had some regrets from those decisions. So I wanna pause in this moment. I just wanna share with you on Wednesday of this week, I had someone from Texas that was sharing with me a recent study that they surveyed, they asked people who have had abortions uh, some of the details that went into that decision, and I'm just quoting what they shared with me, that 70%, 70% of those people claimed that they were pressured into the decision to abort. When that was shared with me the other day, I'll be honest with you, my heart hurt immediately. The moment they started sharing some of these things, my heart started hurting because I could almost remember some of the meetings I've had. I could see faces, and I'm sure there's a lot of others who have never told anybody. And I just want you to know, as a pastor, that I'm praying for healing in your mind and your heart. That... I hope you can respect me to say that I believe biblically life begins in the womb and we all should value it at that point. I want you to know that I love you and I'm praying that it, especially if you were part of this 70% that you felt that pressure, either parental pressure or relational pressure. I want you to know I love you and I'm praying that God will help you heal in your heart and your mind, especially those of you that really suffer from keeping those secrets in your heart. I also, in praying for shame off of you, because I'm sure that you could feel shame on you, I, in praying for shame off of you, I also wanna pray for peace, because I'm gonna talk to you in the next 20 minutes about children, and before I share those thoughts, I wanna pray because I don't want you to tune me out. If, if, if you have made some of those decisions, I don't want you to tune me out. I want us to focus from this moment forward. I also want to pray for peace for those of you that have had miscarriages. Angel and I had a miscarriage right in the middle. We have Brooklyn, Jalen, then we have Eliana, and Micaiah. And a lot of people will say, well, big age gap, you know, was you after your boy? Now, the truth of the matter is we had a miscarriage several months in and decided, okay, we were done with two, just because, and, and it's different for everyone, but I think when you start picking out names or painting rooms or you're making all these decisions, if you, if you suffer through a miscarriage, sometimes you're like, I don't know if I wanna do that again, especially if there's health implications. And 
Then we had our youngest too, but, but I know other people that have had three miscarriages. I, you know, one lady told me that she has had five miscarriages. And so I'm sure in a message like this that you could have some of those emotions as well. And I want you to know that I'm praying for your peace. And, and I know it's not easy. Proverbs chapter 22, verse number six says this, train up a child. When you look at all of those children that we're walking through today, Craig, there's a lot of them. They're carrying them, they're wheeling them, they got them on ropes, right? Those of you that are parents know, we gotta contain these, right? I mean, I see the weeds down here. Were your kids in that batch all come through? I'm impressed. I mean, honestly, I, I, it was going so fast, I was like expecting um, Bubba doing flips or something. He must, he must have been good. At least when he crossed up front, he was doing good. But I saw ropes. I saw wheels. I, the teachers are probably thinking, Pastor Micah, just let us get it around, get him back in there, close doors. Like, Train up a child. There's a lot of them, both services. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And the Bible doesn't tell us what age old is. Because some of us would like to think, I'm going to do my part, and then when they're 12. <laughs> or I'm going to do my part when they're 18. And then you realize maybe it's 21, or 30, <laughs> or 40. Right? I have met, from a pastor's perspective, I have met some people who are in nursing homes or, or who are in hospitals who will make a reconnection with Christ later on in years, and they will start telling me about a mom or a grandma or a dad or an uncle that took them to VBS or summer camp or church. And that family member has since passed on. That family member will not even know that the seeds that they planted when they were young, that they actually came to fruition when they were old and not even realize how long it took for that seed to turn into a harvest. I think when we read Proverbs 22, 6 about training them up and when they're old, I think it reminds us that parenting is not a sprint. <laughs> it's so funny hearing stressed out parents. Some of you never amen any other weekend. I'm talking about your kids. I'm hearing amens all over this room. You got that right? Like... <laughs> It's, <laughs> oh, you guys are funny. But it's not a sprint, right? Yes, Lord. Look at Jenny down here. Jenny's amen me 10 times already. I'm going to preach on parenting more. This is great. It's a marathon. And as individuals and as a church... We have to be in it for the long haul. 
I want to talk to you in our time together on what I would call the timeline of the table. The timeline of the table. Maybe when your child is born, you could start sharing with me about, you know, it's almost like the go-to question. Someone has a baby and they're like, you getting any sleep? <laughs> right? It's almost like the hello part of the conversation. You got the sleeping, you got the feeding, whether or not it's own natural, you're using sometimes, you know, sometimes with the diet and stuff where you, you got this type of food, you, you got these bottles and you're just trying to feed them. You're hoping they sleep a little bit and keeping them halfway clean. It's just like, you know what, I'm winning if I can do that. And, and then, and then they're going to end up in just the timeline of the table. They're going to end up in a chair like this, and they have stuff smashed all over. They're throwing stuff on the floor. They've got it up their nose. They got it in their hair, right? You're hoping some of it made it in their mouth. People will call it terrible twos and stuff like that. They say that when you have like a one or two year old, they, they say when you have a child around that age, it's like owning a blender <laughs> that has no top, no cover. Because stuff can just go everywhere. You're trying to cage them in, right? I mean, we call them baby gates and like nice stuff, but you know, like those little bouncer things you put them in where they can go around in circles. You're, you're like, you're in here, you can't get out. We gate this off, lock this off. You put those little things on the doorknobs, they just like spin, 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 spin. Just because you're just trying to get through, like you're still here, all right. But in that season, in that season, you have no idea in this chair, it's the timeline of the table. You have no idea what this child will become in this chair. So they're going to go from one or two or three and, and slowly in cars at the table, slowly you're going to work them into a chair like this. You're just trying to acclimate them, but you don't really know. You don't really know. Think about it through this lens. Think about it through this lens. Jesus, at 12, could actually, he could actually be thought of it almost as a little bit of a mess up the schedule, mess up the calendar, almost a hassle. They, he's 12. They lose him for three days, which would be panic mode, right? I mean, nowadays, I, I wouldn't want to lose my kids for 30 minutes. Three days, and the mother of Jesus, when she finds him, is going to say things like, why have you done this to your dad and I? Now, how many times have you ever thought that about your own kids? Why have you done this to us? With everything we got going on. Like now, really? Now? He's 12. And the mother of Jesus is going to say things like, we're worried, we're concerned. You read it in the translation, we're worried, we're concerned. Why have you done this? But Travis, this same 12-year-old, we're not going to hear about him for about 18 years. 
He's going to show up at 30 in a different chair. And he's going to turn water to wine. And he's going to go on to be the savior of the world. And we're going to celebrate Christmas. We're going to thank God for Jesus. But there once was a day. Now, I'm not trying to compare your kids and your grandkids and nieces and nephews to Jesus necessarily. I just want you to see the timeline of the table. That right now, we, we took this chair out of the, the, the little guy's class in the kids' ministry today, which is just this little, I've been in there before, I've, I've seen it. Camden, Harris, and all them, that night we were in there, there's about 15 or 20 of them. They're like jumping, spinning, standing. I was getting more nervous than the teachers, maybe just the whole insurance. I don't know how good our policy is. I mean, I know it costs a lot, but I'm not, see, like, stuff like that. I mean, I know there's like different tiers. I don't know what tier we're on, but I saw kids in the one class picking these things up. I'm not the teacher over there, but I'm like, they're gonna hit each other now. Like, what's gonna happen next? Uh, but the reality is that the timeline of the table, they walked through here on these cards and ropes and all of this stuff, and kids that are going to be in a room over there sitting on this, hopefully, or standing, picking up, or whatever they're doing, we don't really know. We don't really know what that child, who that child is going to become. It's the timeline of the table. This is a chair we took out of the middle school. Eli, who started middle school a couple months ago, and he was like, we had seven, we had nine, we had, you know, now he's up, they come in for worship and then they go out, now he's up in services, some services he fills three rows. Three rows he'll fill in the back for worship, and then they go back, he told, he told me two Sundays ago in one service alone, he had over 30 middle schoolers that were coming to hear about Jesus. That's awesome, that is, that's amazing. This is one of the chairs that they use. But we don't know at 12 what is going to become of a child at 20, 30, 40, 50. Our greatest contribution, because right now if you said, what is your child, Micah, going to be? Micaiah's 12. I don't know. If I ask you about your kids or grandkids, I don't think we have all the answers, but I think that doesn't excuse you and I from playing our part, right? Just because we don't know what they're going to become in this chair doesn't stop us from our responsibility in this chair. Like right now, Right now, our win could be, some of you, just getting your child to church. I think it's a big deal. The fact that as many of you got that line that just kept going, 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 the fact that you just got them here, right? Like, I, I know even, I love driving my kids to school in the morning, but my wife starts at 645. Micaiah, get up. Micaiah, get up. Six, it's like clockwork. 6.50, 6.55. Micaiah, I'm serious. 7 o'clock. Micaiah, get here. You know how many times it's been like, I forgot my Chromebook. I forgot my gym shoes. I forgot my... I know I sound like I need counseling, but it's true. 
You know how many times that's happened and it's like, Micaiah, we told you at 6.45. The fact you rolled out of bed at 7.18 when we need to leave at 7.20. No wonder you forgot stuff, right? The wind can almost be if your kids brush their teeth. I love it. I'm not kidding. I saw, I saw just yesterday, uh, Eliana was, was going to the thrushes and I just saw her walking with her toothbrush. I didn't even say anything. It was just like a little praise break. I'm serious. Like when kids are like, they're showering, they're brushing their teeth, they put their shoes on the right foot. You're like, God, I'm doing it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it off. I'm pulling it off. And to think that you got as many kids to church today in both services. I, I saw hundreds of kids today. The fact that you got them here, you didn't pull over to the side. That's what my dad used to say. He's watching all that. My dad used to make me pull this car over. You'll regret it. If I pull this car, you'll be sorry I pull it over. I remember Pastor Ethan telling the story about when his dad pulled the car over to beat him and his sisters or whatever it was, and his dad got out of the car to come back and get him. Pastor Ethan locked the door, and, and they were making faces at his dad and all that stuff. Yeah, he's got a big dad, too. Um, but the fact that you do what you do to get them to kids' ministry, to get them to student nights, to get them here. When I pulled in the property this morning, I didn't see any four or five or six-year-old driving. I actually came in, sometimes I go to the back, but I came in the front. I'm telling the parking lot, good to see you guys. Thank you for serving. I didn't see one five or six-year-old throwing the car in, park, jumping out. Hey, Pastor Micah, good to be here. Dad's at home sleeping. None. Somebody brought these kids. Somebody got them here. Someone brings them to the presence of God and the things of God. And I just wanna pause, I know it sounds simplistic, but there's tons of people that could stay at home. There's tons of people that could turn around. But there are a lot of people that are saying, I want to value the gifts, the gifts. I want to value the gifts God has given me. And we have over 100 people that serve in kids' ministry. You saw some of the volunteers going through. Over 100 people that serve in kids' ministry and student ministry. And I just want to pause today. And whether it's parents or whether or not it's people on the dream team, I want to thank you for valuing the gifts that God has given us. Andy Stanley said this, our greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something we do, but someone we raise. It may not be easy. You may say, Pastor Micah, I'm joking about all your amens, but you may be like, Pastor Micah, my whole house is a bunch of blenders. Like you don't even know my kids. It may not be easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Some of you I met when you were in some of these chairs. Even when I look down and see Maddie and Andy, I met you when you were in little itty bitty chairs. I love your daughter, Gabrielle. The fact that I met her at two months in a car seat 
And now she's 19. She's an amazing young woman. And I've seen her in the internship. And I've seen her at summer camps. And I've seen her worshiping in church. I just want to tell every single parent, every grandparent, every guardian today, I know it's not always easy, but it's worth it. And maybe your son or daughter is not even where you want them to be yet. And right now they're just being a little rebellious or off track. But let's hold on to the word of God today that I'm going to train up a child. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to pray and believe. And when they are old, I am trusting God. Come on, I am trusting God. In our final few minutes, they say according to U.S. Census Bureau, we have well over 70 million children in the United States. 41,852,000 are ages 10 to 19. We're just shy of 3 million children in Ohio. I give you those numbers to say 15.1% accept Jesus at age six or younger, younger 32% accept Jesus by age seven to 11, 36.8% accept Jesus by age 12 to 19, which in totality, 84% accept Jesus by age 20. And so I ask you as, as I wrap up my final few thoughts, how much, how much is this chair worth to you? So if I, if I went around the room, Travis, I start with you and, and your two gifts. I mean, there's a lot of gifts went through. I saw your two gifts, Pastor Josiah. If I went around this whole room and I just ask you as parents, as family, but as a church, how much is this chair worth? If it's your child, if it's your grandchild, if it's your godson or daughter, if it's your niece or nephew, how much is this chair worth? I see the stars back here. You guys give hours and hours and hours to the kids' ministry. Thank you. How much is this chair worth? So we just renovate the kids' and students' area, 1.3 million. How much is this chair worth? Was it worth it? When we look at new basketball courts and we look at sand volleyball and we look at art rooms and all of these things. You know, so, sometimes people will say, why do we do the fun? Why do we do the activities? Why are we doing the art rooms? Why are we doing the Lego walls? You know, Paul said, by any means, save some. If we can get 15, 20, 30 minutes of teaching them about Jesus and they have 10 or 15 or 20 minutes of having fun, the most important thing is they heard about Jesus. How do you put a value on a boy who's given three piggy banks, three piggy banks to the church? How much is this chair worth to you and I? I recently heard a study, and I want to get it accurate because it was just yesterday that someone gave me this. They said that, this is a recent study, I just got it yesterday. Studies say that one-third of pastors, 32%, say that student ministry is either somewhat, not too much, or not at all a priority in 2021. I don't know how that's possible. Same study, 41% of parents have no interest in student ministries. One of the top challenges for student ministries who were surveyed was a lack of volunteers. That's why I want to give a shout out to people like the stars, because I don't ever want StorySide to be part of those statistics. 
whether or not it's parents or whether or not it's volunteers pastoring as a church, I want us to be a church that when they go around in that wagon and they're holding onto the rope and they're waving at us, that even though we see the mess that could come with this chair, we know 10, 20, 30 years from now, we don't know how God's going to do it. We don't know how it's going to play out, but we know we're going to do our part to train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they won't depart from it. I was thinking as I was preparing this message about the ministry of kids and student ministry. We have 24 paid staff. And I think the majority, the biggest piece of the pie in our staffing, when I thought about it this week, goes to children and students in college. And I have zero regrets about that. I think it's worth every penny, especially in this generation. When I think of the monies, the, the monies that we spend, when, when I look at this chair, and if I was, and, and I travel to a lot of churches, but I'm saying just in a general sense, if we look at kids' ministry and all of the pizza parties and all of the internship and all of the summer camps and all of the weekly services and everything that goes into kids and students in college, the question for every one of us is this. Is this an expenditure? Or is it an investment? Because how we answer that question determines really our mindset and our mentality when it comes to our kids and students. Is it expenditure? Look at all of this stuff we gotta pay for. Or is it an investment? To say, I remember when we met Chance, and maybe someday he can share with the whole church more of his story, but he's 15 years old. Him and his sister didn't even have money to go to summer camp. The church, we paid for both of them to go to summer camp that summer. Chance talks about the God moment he had there. Now we see him up here, and he's stage hosting, and he's preaching, and I couldn't be more proud of him. But the reality is now, he hasn't always been in this chair. He was in a chair prior where someone said, it's not an expenditure, it's an investment and it's worth every single penny. As we get ready to pray, I think all of us need to be reminded today that if we don't, if we don't teach our children, someone else will. That's why this circle is important. That's why I wanted to bring them out. It's why internships important. It's why student nights important. It's why college nights important. Because if we don't teach our children, someone else will. Hollywood will. Social media will raise them. Video games will. Our culture will gladly raise them. In Scripture... I love, once you pastor a place so long, it's almost 19 years, you always pick out amens. I just heard Dave Hirshner's amen back there. I can't see people, but I can hear. Like, oh, Dave's here. Check. I'm doing attendance up here. Check. Dave, my check. <laughs> There's three lanes of authority really summed up in Scripture, I believe. The first lane of authority is civil government. I actually, I wouldn't want to live in a country that didn't have parameters and boundaries and rules. I think it'd be a free-for-all. That's Romans 13. 
The second lane of authority in Scripture is the church. The, the, the church is an important piece of communities and cities. It really is. The church spiritually also binding and loosing. And, but I think a third very clear lane of authority in Scripture is family and parenting. I've also read that there's more grandparents helping raise kids than ever before. And here's what I want to say just as we wrap this up, that if you, parent, grandparent, godparent, if you, me as a pastor, stars and a hundred and some other volunteers, if we don't take our lane, these others will take it for us. They will gladly take your lane. And they're going to tell your kids what their identity is. They're going to tell your kids what their beliefs are. And I think sometimes we have to have messages like this where we just say, you stay in your lane, and I'm going to take responsibility for my lane, and I am going to raise my children. The problem is when individuals, I read one study where some families, 75% of them don't have an active dad in their lives. I just want to remind all of us straight from a heart of love today, there's never been a more important time for us to get our lane back. We've got to get our lane back as a church, as families, and raise our sons and daughters. Your identities in Christ, your purpose is in Christ, the plan that God has for you, and we need to take responsibility for our lane. Children are our most valuable asset and our greatest hope for our future. The enemy has always attacked children. If we had time to talk about Moses, Jesus, there's always been an attack on children. In 2021, I think the enemy would love nothing more than to take our children. And I'm asking you today, individually and corporately, I'm asking you to join me in guarding these gifts. I'm asking you to join me in prioritizing these gifts. That if a bucket passes by, there's no one could be more happier about giving than you if you gave solely just for that. Now, I know ultimately you give for God. Some people say, I give to missions. I give, but if the bucket passed and you were just giving for all those circles of kids going, it'd be worth it just for that. That you'll be like the stars and you'll say, if there's a way I can serve and help, I want to help. That you would join me in praying for them, praying for our kids. I know you may not be able to name every name, but you could join me in praying for the kids. We sing it. We sing about the blessing, your children and their children and their children, that we want the blessing. Jake, we want the blessing of God on those children. Those students going through, that even if they don't have some of those studies when I'm reading, it was everywhere from 25 to 75% just of the father figure. It's heartbreaking. Those dads that can hear me today in the room or online or that will listen this week, I'm asking parents to stand up. 
But those families where maybe the mom or dad are not in their life anymore, that as a church, we would step in and say, I know I'm not your mom or dad, but I'll love you. I'll believe in you. I'll support you. I'll cheer you. I'll champion you because I don't believe God's done with you yet. I don't know what chair you're in right now, but I know God can take you somewhere. We would be that kind of church. Be that kind of church. John Wesley, one of the most renowned preachers and teachers and evangelists, said this, parents, if you treat the church as optional, your kids will treat Jesus as unnecessary. That's why I took time to thank you for getting them here today and not turning around. Because I know it's not always easy to get them to students and kids and... But I want to commend you for believing that the church of God and the presence of God is a priority. So as we pray today at 1220, here's my prayer. That it'll start with you. I could go talk to the kids. We could, VBS was awesome this year. I could talk to the kids. I loved VBS. All of the weekly stuff, you already know my heart for internship and students. I speak to the students several times a year and what Brooklyn and Eli and the team is doing with students. I love our students. But when I'm, I'm joking about it, like I didn't see no six-year-old pull in today, but, but there is some truth to that that I can't just say, I can't just say I want a church of kids and, and students. I know that in a lot of cases it has to start in this room. Joshua put it this way. He said, it's a choice. Everyone say choice. And he said, as for me, Joshua 24, as for me, I want you to see it. As for me, I'm not going to jump ahead of myself. I'm not going to cart before the horse and be like, we. I'm not going to say we until I first start with me. I will commit my life to Christ. I will commit my life to prayer. I will commit my life to making God number one priority. I will commit my life as for me, then I'm gonna trust that if I take care of this me commitment, this me choice, that we will serve the Lord. When Bryce is walking down a sidewalk 19 years ago, and Gabby is two months old, I didn't know she was that old, you just told me today two months old. She's not making the decision to go to the basement of Park Place Hotel. Bryce is saying, as for me, we, Pastor Clint makes a me decision and we don't, your, your girls are, are they nine and seven? Six, seven? We don't, your girls are what now, 19? 19 and 15, we don't even know all the amazing things God is preparing and planning for your girls. 
Some of these stories one day we'll talk about. Remember when this age and now they're doing this and now they're serving here and now you don't really know the timeline. I feel the Holy Spirit even saying it. You don't know the timeline of the table. But I'm asking you, keep them at the table. Keep them in God's presence. Keep them around the things of God. You don't really know what God is going to do with your family. You say, how do I do it? Start with me. Start with me. As for me, as for me, I'm not getting bitter. I'm not getting offended. I'm not getting sidetracked. I'm not getting lackadaisical. I'm not getting lukewarm. I'm not, as for me, and I believe that when it starts with me, that it's going to spread to we will serve the Lord. Give me the opportunity to pray for you today if we can. God, I pray for your peace and strength today. Such an important subject when we talk about children. And yet I know even last night it's almost midnight and I'm praying for those people with miscarriages and the abortions and people that have lost children. It was almost midnight last night and I was praying, God, give them peace, give them strength. So I pray for every person today that needs your supernatural strength. I pray for everyone that had children, grandchildren walk through in these circles in both services. I pray that they would embrace the responsibility. That they would see these children not as an expenditure, but they would see them as an investment. I pray that all of us would step up and Take responsibility for our lane. I don't need these other lanes. Raising my children. I want to do my part to raise my children. I pray that every one of us would start with me. Me. I know sometimes we can say that we want. I just wish my kids and I just wish my husband and I just wish, but, but today, just let us back up and say, you know what? I'm going to pray right now for me. I'm going to do my part to commit my life. And I believe that when I do me, that the end result is that it's going to spill over and influence and impact we. I wish I had a number to give some of you parents and grandparents to say when your child's 21, when your child's 16, when your child's 30, I, I, don't, I don't know when the seed is going to show up as a harvest, but I pray that you will have the strength today to not give up on the timeline of the table. But you'll continue to believe that the seeds that have been sown and the prayers that have been prayed that there's going to be a harvest that will come out of that. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, that's the greatest me starting point that you and I could ever have. Me. Save me. Forgive me. Help me to get on track in my faith, my spiritual journey. For others, it's not even just being saved today. You just need strength. 
You're trying to juggle everything. I talked to some single parents trying to juggle everything. I've talked to dads working two and three jobs. I know we joke about it when I'm talking about brushing your teeth and shoes on the right, right feet, but, but it's not always easy. We laugh about the blender. It's not always easy. And I pray for your strength today. As you make this commitment to me, as for me, as for me, If you're here today and you need strength, or if you're here today and there's someone in your family, it's just a burden on your heart, you're like, Mike, I, I really need God to touch my family today. Would you just raise a hand as we're praying right now? Thank you. Hands are going up all over the room. Wow, that's a lot of hands. Would you say their name right now? Would you do that? Maybe it's your brother or sister. Maybe it's an aunt or an uncle. Would you say their name right now? As we're praying, there's power in just talking and saying it. Would you say their name? We're singing about the blessing of God. And I pray right now the blessing, the strength of God, the peace of God on all of you today. So many hands went up in the air. I pray that God would give you the courage as me, me, as for me. And also to believe that that turns into we. We will serve the Lord. And I pray these prayers today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The blessing of God. Would you stand with me all over the room? Can we sing this out to him? Are you thankful for Jesus today? Would you sing this out to him? May his favor why don't you speak it over your family even right now speak it over your spouse speak it over your children speak it over our church family speak it over all of these children and students that walked through earlier we pray the blessing of God we pray the blessing of God in Jesus name your children, your children, your children, we sing the same.